Today's daf is daf Chof Gimel in Meseches Chagiga. And we got up to daf Chof Gimel, but it is Kedai to back up. Let's go back to the bottom of Chof Beis Amr and restart the sugya. It is three lines from the bottom of the Omud. Here we go. The Mishnah had told us, If somebody is carrying, the example Rashi gave is the shoe of a Zav, something that became Tomei by being trampled on, you're also allowed to carry in your, on your other shoulder, Truma, but you're not allowed to carry Kaidish. Okay. Says the Gemara, and this is again, we learned this yesterday, this is a Chazara, this is a review. Kaidish, my time of life. Why can't you carry Kaidish with, um, with the, tum, the, the Tumas Medris? Mishumai Sashahaya. Because of a story. says, In the story with a guy who was carrying a barrel of wine. Now, we don't know if it was covered or uncovered right now, but he's carrying a barrel of wine, and guess what? Kaidish. That wine was Kaidish. And he was carrying it, from place to place, top of today's daf. And guess what? One of the straps of his shoe fell off. The Natala, he took off his shoe. And he put it on top of the barrel, and the strap fell down into the airspace of the barrel. So it must be it was an open barrel. Right? Otherwise, how's this strap getting in? So again, listen closely. This guy's got a sandal that breaks. So what's he going to do? Can't wear it anymore. So he holds it on one. He, 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 he picks up his shoe, and he, he has a barrel of wine on one shoulder. That's open. He tries to balance his shoe on top, and the shoe goes in. And it ruined the it ruined the kaidish wine, vinitmes, and now the whole thing is tummy. So Omru, because of this one story, Chazal said, If you're carrying something that's tummy medris, i.e., like this shoe, guess what? Nice as you're allowed to carry truma because of the story of the kaidish wine. You understand? Because the story happened to Kaidash, so now that's like a simon min hashamayim, that you're not supposed to carry the shoe with Kaidash, but you're allowed to carry truma with medris. Does this bother anybody? Is anybody bothered by this? That is not a rhetorical question. Carry the shoe with medris. That's right. The shoe's medris, but you're still, we're still permitting the truma. You can carry the shoe with truma. So the, the obvious question is, one second, if you're concerned about a shoe falling into the barrel, who cares if it's Kaidesh, who cares if it's Shuma? If you're going to make a decree that you can't carry shoes with holy barrels of wine, just because the story happened with Kaidesh means that oh, only Kaidesh we have a concern, Shuma you don't have a concern? Why don't we say, listen, you can't carry anything that's holy, because it's a concern, you, something the tummy might fall in, right? Notice we're getting a little too sticky over here with the story. The story, what it happened to Kaida? Go ahead. That's right. That's right. He thinks he's going to balance it, and Lamaisa, he he wasn't a good balancer. Yeah. All right. So good. So why, why don't we tell a person to be concerned by Truma as well? Why are we only concerned about Kaidish? And that's the Gemara's Kasha now. If there's a concern, 
about a shoe. There's a story that happened. A shoe actually was placed on top. You tried bouncing it, it fell in. So true Manami, why are you permitting a shoe that's Tomei Tomas Medris to be carried with Truma? Shouldn't we be concerned? Why did the shoe fall in? Because it liked Kodesh wine? <laughs> no. <laughs> it it, it would have drank the Truma wine too. <laughs> right? Who cares what the, what the barrel's made out of? If you're concerned about the shoe falling in, be concerned across the board. Says the Gemara, listen to this. This, this is going to blow your mind because this really is so out of sync with a regular Gemara type of response. Says the Gemara, how money? You know who the Tana is? Rabbi Hananya ben Akavya. It's the pin of Rabbi Hananya ben Akavya. The Omar, who's of the opinion that lo osra ella biyardin ubesvina uchemaisa shehoya. He says elsewhere, ready for this? Thank you, Rashi, for helping us over here. But he says elsewhere that when it comes to transporting the ashes of the para aduma, you're not allowed to transport the ashes of the para aduma in the Jordan River. Um, uh, I'm sorry it's, it's not Asr only yeah, it's only forbidden in the Jordan River and in on a boat so you're not allowed to transport it in a Jordan River on a boat and like an exact story that happened now we're going to get into the story now Okay, it's a long, it's a long fascinating story what happened just, let, let's explain the answer Apparently, Hanani ben Akavya heard a story where somebody, as we're going to see in a moment, was transporting ashes of the Para Aduma in the Jordan River on a boat, and it became Tomei, it got ruined. And therefore, for the future, you know what, you know what the decree is? You can't carry ashes in the Jordan River on a boat. But any other river, in any other way, is okay. Now this flies, it, this, doesn't, this doesn't work well with what we usually say is a classic Gemara answer, because a classic Gemara answer is going to be, well, the same way I'm, if it could have happened in the Jordan River, it could have happened in any river. Why would we only make a decree? Every time you look at a story, do you get so exact? Like we said, does the shoe prefer to drink the Kodesh more than to drink the Chumo? Come on. If you're concerned about the shoe falling in, that should apply whether it's Kodesh or Chumo. So the Gemara is answering, no. As you see, by Hanania ben Yaakavya, he's of the approach, if you ever have a story, the only time we're going to make a decree based on that story is completely limited to that exact situation. And let's explain. What's the story that happened with the transportation, the transporting of the ashes of the Paraduma? So, says Gemara Mahi, what is the story? The time we learned in the Brisa, Laisa the May Chatos Vaver Chatos person is not allowed to carry the waters of the Chatos, meaning it's already a mixture of the Paraduma, the Efer Chatos, or the Efer, the actual ashes of the Paraduma. Now, keep in mind, the ashes of the Paraduma and the mixture of the Paraduma. This is precious, precious commodities. How often do they have a Paraduma? Not often. And this, these ashes were needed for every single person in Klal Yisrael who became Tommy Mace. They needed to be sprinkled. So this was, you, you were not messing around 
We, we could not play games or take any sort of risk with the mixtures or ashes of the Paraduma. We needed every last ash that we could possibly use. Okay, so you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to bring the mixture or the ashes via Vireim and pass them over Biyardin in the Jordan River, Ubasfina, and on a boat. Below Yamod Bitsadze, and also you're not allowed to stand on one side, the Yizrikim Litzad Acher, and throw the ashes across the river. Below Yeshitim Al you're also not allowed to put them in a some sort of floating device and have them float over the river. Below Yirkav Al and you're also not allowed to ride on top of an animal. Below Al Gabe or got a piggyback ride with your buddy. Unless your feet are mamish touching the ground. You want the ashes to remain tahar, your feet mamish need to be touching the ground. You can't be riding on something else. You're allowed to carry the ashes over a bridge, and there's no concern, because carrying over a bridge is like your feet are on the ground, and Mamela. The Rabbana never made their decree about the prohibition of transporting those ashes. Again, where does this apply? According to Tanakama, this prohibition of transporting the ashes or mixture of the Paraduma applies in any river, the Jordan River, or any other place. Okay, that's the halacha. Now, apparently, there was a story where it became Tomei when somebody was crossing over the Jordan. We said, ah, that means all rivers. You can't do that. We're limiting you into how the transportation works. But Rabbi Hananya ben Akavya argues, he says, The only time you're not allowed to transport the ashes or the mixture of the Paraduma is specific to the Yardin and the boat. Because that's exactly how the story happened. My Maisa Shehoya. Yeah? Yeah? What's the story? Tell me a good story. I need a good story coming into Shabbos. A Gishmak, a Rishchidosh Maisa. Tell me a video of says the name of Rav Maisa Badamecha. A story with an individual. Shehoya Mavir Mechatos Veferchatos. He was carrying over, he was transporting the waters of a mixture of the Paraduma and the ashes of Paraduma, Biyardin, and he was on a boat, Ubus, I'm sorry, he was in the Jordan River, Ubusfina, and he also had a boat, Benimtza Kazayas, Mace, and we found, you hit us, at, either after or during the transportation, we found a Kazayas, the size of an olive of flesh of a corpse. Yikes. Toshuv, which was connected Bekarkaisa into the karka, into the land, into the bottom, uh, the, the flooring, shell svina of the boat. He's on the Jordan River, he's on a boat, he's carrying this halaga, very, very important ashes of Baraduma that we need to make sure does not become tummy. And guess what happened? Nebuch. There was a, a flesh of a corpse that had somehow gotten stuck in the boat and was there, and the whole thing got ruined. It was at that time that they said, You're not allowed to transport it in the Jordan River on a boat. So you, you see the Hananya hold that when you have a story, even though logic would dictate, that listen, if it could have happened on a boat in the Jordan, why couldn't you have had the same possibility that there's 
a kazayas of flesh on a boat in the Euphrates River, in a different river. Chveis, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Chanani is of the opinion, whenever you have a maisu, whenever you have a story, any decree that comes out of it is going to be limited to the same exact circumstances. Any extension of it is, is, uh, is not going to apply. Period. Gewalt. Okay. Ibailuhu, they asked the question searching for information. Sandal Tomei, um, over here, the, where we said you're not allowed to carry the Kaidesh with a shoe. Sandal Tahar Mahu. But what about, am I allowed to hold a Sandal Tahar? Am I allowed to hold a shoe that is Tahar at the same time that I'm carrying Kaidesh? Now, what would be the issue of carrying a Tahar Dika shoe? So Rashi explains that maybe, the Shaila is maybe, since a shoe is classically trampled on, that's, what, that's why it's called a shoe, right? Because you, you uh, use it to put your feet in. So medrash, it's trampled. Since it's so often trampled, and it's not uncommon for people to become tame with uh, Tomas Zav or whatever it is, so maybe even if the shoe is tahar, I should not permit it to be carried with Kaidish. Okay? Maybe that's how far the decree goes. That's the Gemara Shaila. Chavis Psucha, says the Gemara. Okay, we also know the shoe fell in. It must be the Chavis, the barrel was Psucha, was open. Chavis Tumamahu, but what's the halacha? Can I carry a shoe that's Tamei with a closed barrel? That's Kaidash, because is there a concern that the shoe is going to fall in? Nope. So our Mishnah that says, you're not allowed to carry a, a, a shoe or something that's Tamei Medras with Kaidash, does that mean an open barrel, because that was the story? Or does it apply even to a closed barrel? We're not going to let you carry it with a barrel. Why even closed? Because if we allow you with a closed barrel, you might come do with an open barrel. And another shaila is of our Venosimah. This that we said you're not allowed to carry the shoe or anything that could be Mechabal Tomei Medris with the Kaidesh. What if I do do it? What if I transgress? What if I do it? I carry it at the same time. Is the Kaidesh now ruined or not? I just did the wrong thing. Okay? Rabbi Lama, Rabbi Lama says, If a person transgressed, then it's Taka Tomei. But of Zera Omar of Arvinosa Tar, if a person transgresses and they carry it together with the with the barrel, it is tar. Now, what's the what should we notice right away? We really had three questions on the story. Question number one was that our case is when you have tamei with a barrel. Question number one is what about if it's still tar, but it's commonly trampled? What about then? Shiloh number two was. What happens if it is a closed barrel? There's no concern it's going to fall in. And Shiloh number three was, what happens if I'm over? What happens if I uh, did it when I shouldn't have? Okay, notice, we answered the last question. We still have not answered the first two, which is interesting. Okay, period. Two dots. Kalim hanigmarim betara v'chul. Okay, this is fascinating. The Mishnah had said, remember this? If, let's say, I have a brand new vessel, the vessel was just completed. Okay? So, I'm not concerned about it being Tomei as far as Truma, 
But I am concerned about it being Tameh as far as Kaidish. Because once it's a completed vessel, um, it's capable of becoming Tameh. Okay? It says brand new. So there's a Chumrah by Kaidish that we have a concern. Now, the Gemara is just going to try to get practical here. Gemara says, one second. You have a brand new bull. Call it a bull. You have a brand new bull. Until it's completed, it's not capable of becoming tummy. Now I completed it. What did the Mishnah say? Yeah. Consider it tahar as far as truma is concerned. Consider it tummy as far as kaidish is concerned. Says the Gemara, you can't just like make up tummy for, like, consider it tummy. What's the story here, says the Gemara? One second. Who made this bowl? Who made this vessel? What type of person? If you're going to tell me a learned person completed the vessel, so why is it considered Tame for Kaidesh? This person's careful. Why in the world you got to put in a mikvah? Just because it's a completed vessel, you got to put in a mikvah? Because there's a chance it became Tame? No, there's no chance. Because if a chaver, a learned person who's careful, completed the vessel, if he's the maker of the vessel, so then there's no reason whatsoever to put in a mikvah. Ella, what are you going to tell me? It wasn't the learned person, but the Garminu Amaretz. You know who made this bowl in ignoramus? Well, one second. Nigmarim bitahara karile. In ignoramus, who doesn't know any halacha, as soon as it's done, why are we being lenient even on truma? The halacha is, when you have a ma'aretz who touches something, the, um, the, uh, it should take on an automatic status of tumma. Because an ma'aretz himself has a status of being tummy. So if he himself has a status of being tummy, because he's not aware how to handle tumas and, uh, tru, uh, yeah, tumma and tyra, so then as soon as he's done, he touched it, the whole thing became tummy. In other words, says the Gemara, what's the Kiddush of our Mishnah, which says a new vessel that's done, is Tame for Kaidish. First of all, if you have a Chavar, you shouldn't be Tame for Kaidish. Secondly, Vizamaretz. <laughs> it should be Tame anyway. Then do a Kaidish. After the Gemara, Amr Rabbar Shil, Amr Ramas, Amr Shmuel. Rabbar Shil says the name of Ramas, that was quoting Shmuel. He really had a learned person, a Chavar, who's careful with Thomas and Tyrus. And we're going to find this theme a few times on today's daf. And that is, even if there's somebody who's careful with uh, with the vessels, okay, there's a chance that he spoke to an Am Ha'aretz. And when people speak and have conversation, very often they give off saliva droplets. They give off saliva droplets. Saliva droplets of an Am Ha'aretz, as far as Kaidesh is concerned, is going to make it tummy. So it says the, says the Gemara, a beautiful answer. We said, oh, why are you concerned? You have a chaver who made it. It says, yeah. But just because you're learned, it doesn't mean you don't talk. So we're concerned that maybe he had a conversation with Amaretz and the spit, the saliva, went on the vessel. Okay. Says the Gemara, when did this Amaretz spit on it? When, you, when was there a possibility? 
of the spit of Amar, it's going onto the vessel. If the spit went on it before the vessel was completed, so it's not tummy because it wasn't a vessel yet. If the spit went on it once the vessel was done, so let me tell you something, says the Gemara. A chaver knows to be careful. So Mizhar Zahir Bahu, he surely will already have been careful, meaning, period, question mark, says the Gemara, maybe he had a conversation with Amaras, Amaras saliva went on it. Guess what? A chaver by definition means he knows how to make it, he knows how to keep it tar. So whenever he speaks to an Amaras, you know what he does? He puts a cover on it. That's the Gemara's question. You understand? Basic question. Let's, let's repeat. Let's repeat. The Mishnah told this point, the three steps. The Mishnah says, any vessel that's completed new is Tameh for Kaidish. Says Gemara, who made it? Can't be a Chavar made it because no reason for it to be Tameh. It can't be an Amaretz made it because then it's automatically Tameh. So the Gemara said, no, a Chavar made it. However... We're concerned he spoke to Namaretz. Ask the Gemara, well, even if he speaks to Namaretz, he knows how to be careful with that. He could put a cover on it. Answer the Gemara, Loyla Makame de Gamre. Really, what happened was that Ma'aretz saliva got on the vessel right before it was finished. So now here's the deal. If the Ma'aretz spit and saliva went on it before. It was completed. At that point, uh, even a chaver is not careful. Because you don't need to be uber careful before it's an actual kli. He hadn't completed the vessel yet, right? So he's not being so careful, because anyway, it's not makabotum. So perhaps, though, the Amaretz's spit went on it while the bowl was being created. And we're concerned, <laughs> we're concerned that when the vessel was completed, the saliva was still wet, and therefore, um, the new bowl is going to be Tameh for Kaidesh, but not for Truma, period. Okay? So let's explain now, basic. Our Mishnah had said, any new vessel is Tameh, as far as Kaidesh. You want to know Why? Here's the answer. Because there's a far out chance that a new vessel, right before it was completed, and Amaretz's saliva got on it and stayed wet until after it was completed, and that's when the Tumah came on. No, there's no protection from the Chaver because the Chaver was not careful before the Kli is, is completed. And because of that, you're not allowed to carry any new vessels together with Kaidish. Okay. Says the Gemara, a new conversation. Tvilayin, Harev Shemesh Lai. It seems from our Mishnah that when you have a new vessel, so as far as Kaidish is concerned, it's Tame. It seems that Tvilayin, you need to be Tivalit, but Harev Shemesh Lai. You don't need to wait for nightfall. Okay? As soon as you're Tivalit this thing, it has a status of Tara. Masisan like Rebbe Liezer, and this is not following the opinion of Rebbe Liezer. The Tanam we learned in a Mishnah, Shreferes, when you have an uh, opening, Shechatocha Lechatos, 
a person cut an opening inside of a wooden tube because you want to stick the ashes of the paraduma in there. You have to be it right away because the, um, the uh, tube itself that you're sticking it into, now that it has an opening, is capable of becoming tummy because it has a status of a kli. A simple piece of wood doesn't have a status of a kli, so there's no concern. But now that it's hollowed out and you stuck the mechatas in there, so we're going to say, Yitvo miyad, put in the mikvah right away. Rabbi Shuaymer, Yitame Vakach Yitvo. First make it Tame. Okay, therefore, it's clear what needs to be done and why it needs to be done. And then, Yitvo, you put in the mikvah. Vavinamba. And we said about that, Dechatochaman. Where was this, um, where was this Shvayferes cut? Who cut it? Who made it open so we're now going to stick in the ashes of the Paradum? If a learned person who's careful with the laws of Tum and Tyra was one who hallowed it out and made a kli, why am I putting it into the mikvah? Ella, rather, dechatochamar. It must be an amar that's opened it up. Aha. And in this situation, lema rabbi shu, yitami v'yitvo. Says in if an amaretz, uh, uh, made the opening, is it really true that you're going to have to go to the mikvah? But Rabbi Yeshua says that first make a tomei and then put in the mikvah. But one second, according to what you're saying, that Amaris did this, doesn't have a status as being tomei already because it was made by an Amaris. Again, when Amaris makes something, Chazal give it an automatic status of impure. So now that already has a status of impure, Automatically, why is Rabbi Yeshua and his approach saying, oh, first be metameyit, then for the mikvah? It's already tummy. Answers the Gemara. Oh, not yet. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, answer the Gemara. And Rabbi Barshila says in the name of Rabbi Masna, who says in the name of Shmuel, really, we're dealing with a Tamar Chacham who, who hallowed it out. But even though he hallowed it out, and therefore you'd say, oh, so there's no concern. No, there is a concern because of the spit of the Amaretz. Now the Gemara is going to say the same thing. When did the Amaretz spit onto this tube? When exactly uh, did, it, uh, did it become wet? If you're going to say that the spit was there before it was hollowed out and turned into a kli, it's not tummy because it was never capable of becoming tummy. Must be it was already cut. Well, if it was already cut, and a chaver is the one who cut it, a learned person cut it. Well, guess what? He surely will have been careful. But he surely will have been careful and ensured that. The spit of an Amaretz does not come on it. Answers the Gemara, same answer. Really, a Chavar made it, but immediately before he made this hollow tube to carry the ashes of the Paraduma, so immediately before he completed it, the Amaretz's saliva went on it. Then it was completed. The saliva is still wet. Hence, it is mitame, and you don't have the chaver, uh, you know, uh, having protected it from becoming tummy. Because again, a chaver only protects things from becoming tummy once they're capable of becoming tummy. Okay. Now, says the Gemara, Bishlam Rabbi Yeshua, it makes sense according to Rabbi Yeshua 
that first you're metameyet, then you're toivel hanadika hakera letzdukim. You know why you want to be metameyet so, uh, like, clearly? So there should be a heker from the tzedukim. Okay? We want to be very, very clear that you can take it to the mikvah even before shkia. The tzedukim argued. They said you have to wait. So, okay, we want to, be, we want to show over here we're going against the tzedukim. B'seder. Says the Gemara, now how do you know that? How do you know that the reason why Rabbi Shua said first be metamiyat and then put in the mikvah is to knock off this opinion of the tzedukim, the tzedukim, the tzedukim, the mishnah, metamin hoyu and they would be metamiyat the kayin, dafka, they would be metamiyat the kayin. Now, we're on the, for those just joining us, four lines from the bottom of Chav Gimel Amad Aleph, hasayrif esapara, the kayin, who was Sairif the para, he would burn the paraduma to get its ashes. So they would dafkas purposely make him uh, make him tummy. In order to remove and to take out from the hearts of the tzedukim and to show that they're clearly wrong. Now what was their opinion? The tzedukim said, that uh, that uh, the Kayan, who's dealing with the ashes of the paraduma, have to have been through a, purifica- a purification process that even includes nighttime. Okay. Now, uh, that even includes nighttime. nighttime. Nighttime, yeah. Which means usually, usually there, there's there's different ways for somebody to become... Tahar. So let's say a person's tummy mace, right? So you have to wait seven days. You sprinkle on day three and day seven. You go to the mikvah after the seventh day. And then on day eight, you bring a carbon. But not every tumma needed nightfall. Some of them, as soon as you went to the mikvah, you were considered tahar enough, let's say, to eat truma or for other things, okay? So let's look at the opinion that you needed nighttime as part of the purification process. Um, so therefore, it comes along Rabbi Yeshua, no. Let's put it in the mikvah and use it right away. And this way we'll show that the tzedukim are wrong. Okay. But according to Rabbi Yezer, who says that you just put it in the mikvah, you dunk it, if you hold that Rebbe Leizer's opinion is, you always need Harav Shemesh, Tzedukim. Okay, so here you're going to have a difference between here and the Tzedukim. Okay, because we're going to allow the ashes, the Paraduma, to be used before uh, Shkia, while elsewhere we don't. So you see a very clear differentiation. But again, we're in Rebbe Leizer's opinion. But if you're going to say... That in general, around the world, meaning in normal situations, you don't specifically need Harav Shemesh. You don't need the sun to set in order for something to become Tahar. If you don't need evening anyway, so using it before evening, does that show the Tzedukim anything? No, because everything's used before evening. So according to Rebbe Eliezer, our Mishnah doesn't pan out. It must be, our Tana is Rabbi Yeshua, who Taka is going to bring out this Chiddush, that there's Tara even before Herav Shemesh. Okay. Says the Gemara, no. Amar Rav, Rav says, top of Chav Gimel Amar Beis, 
Asuya Ketome Sharet, that we actually make this tube that holds the, the ashes of the Paraduma, like something that is Metame Tomas Sharet. We do that automatically. And therefore, l- l- listen to this, here's the main idea. We're back to showing the tzedukim they're wrong. Because the tzedukim are the ones who say that when you become tummy, tummy sheretz, you gotta wait for nightfall. So over here, since the chachamim say your tummy, the same tummy sheretz, and immediately, they're saying, uh, your tahar after mikvah. So they re- so even in Rabbi Lezer's opinion, says Rava, we're showing a clear differentiation between us and the tzedukim. And he fits with our Mishnah. But now, uh, we said, um, When you hold the tube that has the ashes of the Paraduma, but why is it that we learned in a Braisa, that whoever opens up the, the tube, whoever opens it up in order to be able to put in the ashes, Umat uh, and the one who actually puts it into the mikvah, Tvila, they also need to be Tevil. So you see from here that you become Tamei by touching the ashes. The Ella Asuya Kitame Mace. So you're going to tell me, no, don't treat it like a Sheretz, rather treat it like a Tamei Mace. Yachi, if that would be true, you should need to be sprinkled with the ash of the Paradum on day three and day eight, like anybody else. Who is Tamei Meis? Alam Matanya. Why did we learn in Rebbeisa Chaitchel Matbila Ton Tvila that only the one who cuts it open or the one who was Tevila they need Tvila Tvila in, which seems to imply that the Tvila needs to be done. You got to go to the mikvah, but Hazosh Lishu Shvilai. You don't need the actual sprinkling. According to what we're saying over here, you should Taka need sprinkling if you're the one who opened up the ash, the opened up the tube for the ashes. Says the Gemara, you're right. We're going to walk away from that shot. Ella, rather, Asuya Ketame Meis Bishvi Shaloi. We treat this guy with the tube, the one who opens it up, like a Tame Meis on the seventh day. So usually a guy who's Tame Meis, he's got to wait seven days. And on the seventh day, he goes through his process, right? And then he brings his carbon on day eight. So the Gemara here is saying, listen. Um, when a person is dealing with the ashes, the paraduma, we're going to get. We're not treating him like a toma sheretz. We're not treating him like tummy mace. We are treating him like somebody who's tummy mace on the seventh day. Says the Gemara. What do you mean? V'hatanya. But we learned in the anything new. To the halachas of the paraduma, and now you're telling me, one second, whoever opens up the holder of the ashes is considered tame. Well, you're making something up here. Doesn't say that in the Torah. Amr Abayi says Shaloi Amru Kordam Mitame Maishav. So that the the reason why. Um, we made it that there's there's no chiddush at all for the ashes the paraduma is as far as something making something capable of becoming tame. For example, a kardum, which is like a uh, a dirt shovel, mitame maishav, it becomes tame maishav with sitting. What does that mean? That the shovel that's used for the earth. 
is tum is uh, tummy with sitting. The tiny we went to the brisa. The a person who's sitting on top of a vessel. Now the person's tummy. He sits on top of a vessel. So it remains tame until the evening. I would say that if a kafa sa'a, if a person turned over a sa'a, the yashava and sits on it, takav yashava or a takav, and he sits on it, yehe tame, he's going to be tame. Why? Why? Because the guy sitting is tame. Now he's, if he would be sitting on a chair, that chair would be tame. But he didn't really. Uh, sit on a chair. He took a pickle ca- uh, container and he turned it over and now he's sitting on a chair. Right? But is it really a chair? It's not really a chair. So I would think, your person sits on a vessel which a tummy person sits will become tummy. A, uh, a, a person that is miyuchad, is unique, is set aside, li yeshiva, for sitting. Yatsazeh, which is excluding something that's set aside for sitting, meaning is this a chair? No, it's a pickle container. Is a pickle container set aside for sitting? Absolutely not. It's set aside really to hold pickles. But now that I finished the pickles, I turned it into a chair. So that's excluded. Therefore, Anything that has nothing to do with yeshiva, meaning not a yeshiva, but anything that has nothing to do with sitting on it, it's not meant to be a chair, is also not going to be considered a chair as far as a zav sitting on it. Okay? And um, it's certainly not going to be considered a chair as far as a zav sitting on it. And shalom al yisrael, and everything will will uh, remain tahar. In that uh, in that circumstance in that situation, okay, beautiful. Um, two dots. A kli joins together what's inside of it for kodesh, but not for truma. Now remember what was the case. So the example I gave, and we'll get into this. Going to be today's sugi is when you have a vessel and you put inside of it, let's say, twelve pieces of cut meat. Um, so, as far as truma is concerned, each piece of meat is a separate entity, right? So, what I, let's say that meat was uh, sheni for tuma, or risha in the tuma. Any meat touching it is becoming a sheni tuma, and anything touching those pieces of meat is fine, because again, chulin doesn't go past sheni, right? So, the Mishnah said when it comes to kaidesh. Everything's viewed as one thing. So even if one piece was Tomei, we view the entire thing like it's part of that one piece. Okay. Says the Gemara, what's your source? One kaf, one spoon, one ladle. Asara Zahav, ten uh, yeah. a golden spoon made out of 10 shkalim and this spoon was made to hold the kateris 
Shabakaf Achas. The Torah, when it comes to Kodesh, makes everything in that spoon like one, even though really it's a mixture of multiple entities. Most of Kahana, that's a challenging question. Add it on, even Silas, even fine flour. The Keteres and the Levina of Ancholim. These things also, if a little part of it became Tameh, the entire thing is viewed like one entity. Not only by Kodesh, even these other situations. That the Rabbana made Xerah. If a Tvul Yaim, so everyone to the Mikvah, is, touches part of the Keteres, part of the Levina, part of the Gechalim, what happens? The entire, the entire thing becomes Pasal. Says the Gemara, and this that we're saying, it's all considered one entity, is not the Iraisa, it's not on a biblical level, it's the Rabbana. The Rabbana go ahead, they make a zero. If you touch one coal, all the coals on the shovel at the same time are going to be one entity. Says How do you know that it's the Rabbanan? Since that's the beginning of the Mishnah, hey, Reb Shem Ben Besir, Reb Shem Ben Besir gave testimony. If a Tame person touched part of it, that the entire thing is Tame. So this is testimony, meaning it's not in the Torah anywhere. He, he came along and he's letting us know, he's testifying that he heard the Rabbanon make this decree. Otherwise, you don't need to testify about a Pusik. You open up and you crack a book. Why are we accepting his testimony? Because it's not something we otherwise would have known. It must be it's the Rabbanon. Says the Gemara, here's the question, Vikatani Haisif Rabbi Akiva. And it says that Rabbi Akiva was Maisif. Rabbi Akiva is adding to the decree. Okay? Adding to the, uh, to the decree all these other things, the Levina, the, so on and so the Ketaira, so on and so forth. Okay. Now one second. According to Rav Khanin, these things are da'iraisa. But it seems from the words of Rabbi Akiva, the way we're presenting Rabbi Akiva's opinion, that it's dirabanon. So answers the Gemara, Amar Rishlakesh Mishum Bar Kapara. Rishlakesh says, in the name of Bar Kapara, top of tomorrow's daf, What we need Rabbi Akiva to come teach us about dirabanon is referring to shiyare mincha. After the karban mincha was brought, sometimes they had leftovers. There was leftover flour, there was leftover oil, so on and so forth. So, only the part that's actually used for the mincha has the high level of kaidesh, where if you touch part of it, the entire thing is puzzled. But any shirayim, anything left over that was taken not needed originally, so then we're not going to have on a biblical level that if you touch part of it, you touch the entire thing. And that's where Rabbi Akiva is coming to testify that even on the Shirayim. So let's read this inside. Anything which needs to be carried by a vessel over here, a shovel. So the vessels mitzarif everything. Anything that doesn't need a vessel, so just because it's together on a pan or on a shovel, it's not, it's not considered one entity because I don't really need the pen. You understand the lumbus here? If you need the pen, so this pen is here for each individual thing, so it's all one zach. It's all one thing. But if I don't really need it on a shovel anyway, so each one retains its distinct identity. So if one part of it becomes Tameh, the other part could remain Tahar. I still have, uh, I still identify as Tahar. 
Don't identify me as Tomei. I'm Tor. But that's where the Rabbanon came along and they made a Gzera. The Alpha Gav, the Ain Kli, even by something that doesn't need a Kli, Kli Mitzarfoy, the Kli is Mitzarifit, beautiful. And that's again, Nochamo, what's the answer over here? That the leftover flower of the Karban Mincha doesn't need a Kli. Not anymore. Only the part that was needed for the Mincha needed a Kli. The, the shirayim doesn't necessarily have to be on it. Doesn't necessarily need to remain on the shovel. So I would say, if you touch part of it, only the part you touch is dummy. Comes along Rabbi Kiva with testimony, and he says, "Yeah, you would be true biblically like that." But the rabbanon added on. They said even the leftover of the carbon mincha that was on the shovel, if you touch part of it, it's considered one entity. The entire thing, meet the rabbanon is now going to have a status of Tama. Beautiful, we'll hold it here, and we're going to pick up Bezrem and Matzi Shabbos with Tenach Silas. All right? We'll hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. I get in Chaydesh. Let's see here. What um, what time are we going to learn Matzi Shabbos, Bez Hashem? I think 72 is at 7.09 here. So 7.30 should, be, should work for me. If 7.30 is okay with everybody, let's aim for 7.30. Uh, it would be easier for me also because this is the last week of Avasubanim uh, in Shul, and that's going to start at 8 o'clock. So if we do 7.30, uh, I could still make it to the tail end and um, share my trivia questions and my stories. So let's, let's call for 7.30, Matzi Shabbos. All right. All right, Zagabench, have a wonderful Shabbos and good Chaydish.